Well, good morning, y'all, and happy Lord's Day. Thank you. <clears throat> Guys, uh, the readings are fantastic today. Um, I would love to be able to preach about the gospel, um, these brothers and sisters of Jesus, and what's all that about, um, Jesus going back to his native place. But I'm super drawn to uh, the second reading today, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, this mysterious thorn in his flesh that Paul speaks about. You know, biblical writers are fascinated by this. Um, because they don't really know what the thorn is. There's a few ideas, a few thoughts that biblical scholars have, but um, we really don't know. It's something very mysterious about it. And I think it's so that um, we can connect into this, right? Um, and so we're going to jump into this, um, these thorns that Paul talks about. So the first uh, sentence starts out by saying, And to keep me from being too elated by the abundance of revelation." A thorn was given to me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to beat me. <clears throat> so that's verse 7. And so Paul is speaking about this is the reason for the thorn is to stop him from being too elated, too prideful. Why? For the abundance of revelations that was given to him. Well, if you back up just a few verses, Paul starts speaking about what this abundant revelation looked like. He speaks of this moment where he was caught up in prayer. This is fascinating. He was caught up in prayer in what he says into the third level of heaven. I didn't realize that heaven had levels, but evidently it does. So you would think the third level is probably he was caught up in prayer into the innermost dwellings of the Trinity in heaven. An incredible gift, right? And he even says right there, he said, this gift has been given so much that I, man can even utter the mysteries that I saw there, right? So Paul has been given a tremendous gift that happened, he says, 14 years prior to him talking to the Corinthians. So a tremendous gift, so magnificent he couldn't even speak about it. And he says, so that I don't become too prideful, too elated, because sometimes that happens. We can get spiritual pride, right? Look how holy I am. Look at all the things that God does for me, right? So he says, to keep me from that, God gave me a thorn in the flesh, an angel from Satan to beat me. Like, like what is this thorn he's speaking about? Well, Scripture scholars say it's one of three things. It could be people, right? You ever had that happen to you? Like somebody that you know, that you know they're just a constant thorn in your flesh? <laughs> don't look at your spouse. Don't look around. <laughs> um, you know, it's those people that just kind of like every time they're around, it's like, oh, man, they're like, they're like a little bitty thorn. But, man, it just rubs it, and it just, God gets under you, right? And Paul had these kind of people, didn't he? The scriptures are full of it with Paul, right? It's these false prophets that Paul speaks about, these false apostles that are constantly rubbing against Paul, right? So maybe that could be it. It's a possibility. Uh, we definitely know that they existed in Paul's life, right? A second thought is that maybe it's something spiritual. Maybe it's a vice that Paul struggled with, right? Maybe he, he was a choleric guy. He was an outgoing guy. Maybe he had struggled with anger or something. We don't know. Um, Maybe there was the sins of the flesh that he speaks of, right? Not giving in to those, but struggling with them, right? Um, could have been a spiritual vice, right? But it also could have been, and this is the one scripture scholars lean more towards, um, is that maybe it was a physical ailment. Maybe there was something physically wrong with Paul. And you know what I'm talking about. Whenever we get sick, especially when it's something chronic, when it puts you in the hospital, like, man, it is hard to hold on when we're real sick. Isn't it? 
It's hard to be upbeat and peppy and joyful and building other people up because, God, I feel like junk. And that's what they think happened with Paul. They think he had a physical ailment, probably bad eyes. Right? And for those of us who wear glasses, we can relate. Right? Um, why would they say that? Well, if you go to the letter to the uh, Galatians, Paul is speaking to the Galatians, and he says this to them. He says, You know it was because of my bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you first. Right? So something's wrong with his body. He hadn't told us yet what, but something's wrong with his body that caused him to stay in Galatia longer and preach the gospel. All right? He says, and although my condition was a trial for you, it did not scorn or despise, you didn't scorn or despise me. So whatever he had, he relied on people. And that's one of the hardest things for us, isn't it? Whenever we're sick, man, I don't want to rely on somebody else to take care of me. But Paul's going, no, whatever this condition was, he had to lean on to their help a whole lot. And then there's this word. It says, For I bear you witness that if possible, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. That's a weird way to say thank you for your hospitality. Right? Why would he say that? You would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. It was kind of like this. If, let's say your child, right, your kid is really sick and they have something wrong with their stomach. Parents, wouldn't you go, I wish I could just take their tummy ache away. It's related directly to the pain that they feel. If your kid has a tummy ache, you wouldn't say, oh, I wish I could take the headache away. Well, they don't have a headache. <laughs> they have a tummy ache. Yeah, I want to take the tummy ache away, right? So what you say is directly related to their, their ailment, their pain. And so the, Paul is saying, if you could have, I know you would have plucked out your own eyes and given those to me. So it's very, very, very likely that Paul would have had something wrong with his eyes, right? And so that makes a little bit more sense because he now begins to enter into this conversation with God, this relationship. He says, I begged the Lord three times about this, this thorn in his flesh, to take it away from me. Three times the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Right? I think it's important to see something here for a second. First of all, Paul isn't just sitting there and complaining about his ailment, his physical ailment. Paul is in relationship with the living God, with the resurrected Jesus, and he's talking to him directly. I keep telling him three times over and over, God, you got to take this away from me because if you really want me to be the super apostle you're calling me to be, it's hard to do that if I can't see where I'm going and i got to constantly rely on people. It'd be a whole lot better if I was physically well, Lord. So why don't you just hurry up and do this so that I don't have to keep depending on other people. You see, he was constantly talking to God about it. And this is so important for us to hear. Because he's in relationship with the living God. And Jesus talks back to him. And it's quotes. He said to me, my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in weakness. So I think that's a key element for us, guys. As we experience the thorns in our flesh, whatever those may be, it's important that we're talking directly to God about it, not in a whiny way, in a complainy way, but a way of like, Lord, I need your grace. I, I need you to help me with this, right? And so I think that's important. He's in relationship, but he's not making excuses for himself. Right, And so the, the, the reading continues. It's fascinating. He says, I will 
all the more gladly boast of my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And this one is kind of amazing, right? And Paul is a man's man. We don't like to be weak as a man, do we? We don't boast of our weakness. That's not normally what we do. We boast of our strengths. We boast of the things that we've accomplished. And whenever you go fishing, you talk about that fish that was this big that got away from you, right? We boast of, of the strengths in our lives. We, we normally don't boast of our weakness. Why is Paul saying this? I would gladly boast of my weakness so that the power of Christ may be revealed. You see, Paul, again, he was not a weak guy. Listen to what he went through. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, just one chapter before where we're at today, Paul lays out for us the things that he went through. Listen to this, how, how incredible. He said, I was in prison. I had countless beatings. I was often near death. Five times I was scourged, 40 lashes minus one. Five times. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned, not Indian style, but stoned by rocks, all right? Um, three times he was shipwrecked. Day and night he was adrift at sea. He was on journeys of rivers, dangers of robbers, and dangers of people, and dangers of Gentiles. All of this. Sleepless nights, hungry, thirsty. Like, Paul is a real man who's given everything he's got to the Lord. And oh, by the way, he has a bad eyesight. And he's enduring all this. So I'm not talking about Paul getting up and complaining to God about how difficult it was being stoned the night before, but yet he's going to find all this strength inside of him to still go to the synagogue and still continue to preach. That's Paul, an amazing man that gives everything he's got to God. He is not a wimp and he's not complaining. But whatever this thorn was, was so intense that he begged God to take it from him three times. A power is made perfect in weakness. Don't we love listening to people's testimonies? Right? Whenever people give their testimony about struggles that they've been through in life, it, it automatically affects us. It encourages us. It lifts us up. I did a funeral yesterday. Many of you know Miss Mary Bond. An amazing woman, a pillar of the faith and pillar in the community. A woman of great love for God, right? She was on dialysis for more years than anybody should have ever been on dialysis and lived through it. And she, what she did is she offered that all up, and she knew that, okay, I'm going to get dialysis again, and the Lord is going to bring me somebody so I can talk to them and give them hope in Jesus, right? She used her suffering, the thorn in her flesh, not as something to say, oh, poor me, pity me, I've been on dialysis for seven years. No, it's, it's she boasts of her weakness, so the power of Christ would be revealed. She knew that Jesus was going to bring her somebody that day that she could talk to and give them hope, right? We see it all the time with people that give their testimonies. Whenever you hear somebody give testimonies about being an alcoholic in their life, right, and they struggle with this for 25, 30 years, all of a sudden Jesus delivers them from it. We see people that give testimonies of addictions to pornography or drugs, and Jesus delivers them from it, and you realize you're like, wow, if Jesus can do that for them, set them free in that way. They're not boasting of their weakness. They're boasting of like, look what God conquered in my life. Look what he's done. The power of Christ is revealed. And it's in our weakness that he's strong. And that is absolutely incredible. And so this is where we meet it. You see, we don't know what the thorn was fully. It does, Paul doesn't say it. There's an empty, there's a dash, like there's a line, there's a fill in the blank. I think it's so that we can fill in the blank. 
Like, what's your thorn? What's my thorn? We all got them. Right? Is it somebody in your life right now? That is just getting under your skin as the person that you're constantly going and asking God to give you grace and patience to work with them in your life. If it is, talk to Jesus about them. Don't just talk about them. Talk to Jesus and let him say to you, my grace is sufficient. Maybe the thorn in your life is some sort of spiritual vice. Maybe there's a a vice in your heart that you've been struggling with since you were a kid or since you were a teenager. Maybe there's a spiritual vice, pride, lust, jealousy, envy, gluttony, whatever it might be that you're struggling with, that you're like, Lord, I want to let this go. This is the thorn, but this is the very thing that keeps me crying out to you and needing your mercy. And hear the Lord say, continue the good fight. Continue pressing in. Continue to work against it. Don't continue to give in to it and just make an excuse. Well, I'm only human. No, you're a human who's made to be divinized, given to grace by God, right, to overcome. And whenever we're weak, he's strong. So hear God say, in the midst of spiritual struggles, my grace is sufficient for you, right? And maybe that thorn in your flesh is something physical. Maybe you're struggling with physical ailments, right? Maybe the doctor gave some news. Whatever it might be, hear God speak to your heart. Unite that to Jesus. Give that to him. Like Paul, Lord, take it away. But if it's not your will, then give me the grace to endure this so that I can boast, not in my weakness, but tell people what I'm struggling with in order to give them hope and to give them courage and renewed heart, right? And hear God say to you too, in the midst of your physical ailments, my grace is sufficient for you, right? Power is made perfect in weakness. And so this is where we come today. People who are not perfect, people who have thorns, right? But we have a a Lord, a Jesus, who wants to receive us and to give us every grace we need to offer that thorn up. And whenever he sees fit for it to be removed, he'll do it. But until then, his grace is sufficient. Amen.